Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 476, Mr. Samich. Or shoo, huzzah! Hey, now, we're back. I feel like we're going to hit uh, a big ticket very soon. We're, we're both, uh, it's like when you've been out fishing, it's been a really slow morning. But, like, towards the end of it, you start getting a bunch of nibbles. You're like, okay, we're starting to at least get the bait hit. We're, like, getting a lot of four or fives um, recently. So we haven't hit one, but I've got a good feeling we're going to hit a big one soon, Mike. Yeah, I wanted that pick six at uh, Santa Anita. I'm not going to lie. Going five or six on that one, I was a little salty about Oof. that. I, I do. I'm excited about this one, though. Man, there are the first and last race for a train wreck. We've got two stakes races. And I love a six to one shot in one of those two races. We'll actually watch the replay a little bit later just so I can kind of highlight why. I do have to say, too, though, this first race. Have you ever seen a race where the highest last out buyer, actually the highest buyer period, is a five? <laughs> <laughs> uh not it's, it's not too often you see that special. no <laughs> it's special uh, that's what you get here uh it's it's gonna be fun though and tomorrow uh car ramrod mentioned it up in the chat as well the eighty thousand dollar pick five carryover at horseshoe tomorrow so that is a good one as well so it's a horseshoe kind of week man i'm surprised do you have a horseshoe i do actually yeah uh <laughs> from from chance a lot the jorge navarro um Sprinter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember him. I remember him. Yeah, I don't have a horseshoe. I need to get one of those at some point. It is. Yeah. No, it was a it was a race worn horseshoe. So it was a, a prized possession of mine until suddenly it wasn't. But yes, we are covering Wednesday's pick five at Thistledown. Uh, Wednesday, June twenty eighth. That's races five through nine. They do end with a quarter horse, but that's not part race. But that's not part of the pick five sequence. So races five through nine. Two races in here are Indiana bred handicap stakes. Um, one of us was like, hey, this is fun. I'll single in one and I'll go too deep in the other. And the other one wanted to pull his hair out. So we'll see who is who in this one. But uh, it's going to be a fun sequence. You ready to talk about it? Yeah, let's do it, man. This one's going to pay. These are five tough races. This will be a good one. Let's get into it. Riders up. All right, Mike, uh, first leg of the Horseshoe Indianapolis late pick five on Wednesday, June 28th. Race five, we've got 10 two-year-old Indiana sired maiden fillies sprinting five furlongs on the dirt. So not only do we have to try and parse through the two-year-olds, uh, half of this field hasn't started yet. They're also Indiana bred. So a lot of the pedigree knowledge that we have coming into this, if we don't follow the Indiana circuit very frequently, uh, a little tough here. Where did you go on top? Now we also have four horses of the 10 Coming out of a, a last race, three of those four got a zero buyer. The horse that ran second <laughs> in that race got a five. And that's your high buyer in the field. Um, it, it is. This is going to be an interesting one. I went to the four horse. Go Manka here, 15 to one on the morning line. Uh, this is a, a trainer-owner combo for Sergio Dewan, who is two for five with first-time starters. And it doesn't look like there's any special workouts until you go back to three, four, and five or I'm sorry, four, five, and six back. We got 36 and three, 36 and one, and that 35 and four out of the gate. So this is someone who has had success getting first time starters out. He trains all his own horses. So you don't see the name very often. He is two for eight for the year. 
this one to me looks like it's ready to go. You're getting 15 to one. Ramos takes them out 16% here at Indiana Grand. I, I'm going to try and start out with a bomb here. Give me the four at 15 to one on top. Yeah, I don't hate it. I didn't use this horse, but it's an intriguing move because it's an owner trainer that uh, in eight career starts that this guy's ever had. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Two of them wins. He's got a second and a third as well. So he's, you know, eight career starters as a trainer and a, a 25% win rate, 50% in the money. I mean, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> it's kind of hard to do better than that. And, and he's doing it with horses that he uh, owns and breeds as well. So um, I didn't use, but it's, especially at a price is intriguing here. Uh, topic for me, I did go with the number one, Jay's Naughty Kitten at three to one. I thought uh, it was a good debut effort to get second last time out. Five and a half lengths clear of third. Three or different horses in that field are, are back in this one. This horse was a two to one second choice there, so it's not like she was a, a big surprise to get up for a second like she did. Just didn't have the jump on the winner. Um, and then the winner was was running with the winner kind of in the top of the stretch. And then actually the eight horse that's in here blocked her and kind of impeded her enough that she had to stop and, and the winner just kept on going. The one kept running once she was able to uh, to get clear again. But I thought that, that she was worthy of top pick, definitely worthy of being the favorite, I think, in here. Yeah, I expect her to be the favorite. I, I mean, she finished second in a field of five and was the, you know, like you said, was two to one in that race. So you'd expect that uh, she's going to get bet down again here. Also sold for $25,000. Doesn't sound like a lot compared to some of the numbers we talk about when we're covering <laughs> Belmont and Del Mar and Saratoga. But $25,000 is exponentially more than anyone else in this field as a sales price. So you'd expect <laughs> the one going to have some talent. That being said, I didn't use the one. Uh, I don't love the post position draw here being the rail of 10 horses going five furlongs. You're just you're not going to get a great trip. I think the outside draw was much better for her. Uh, the eight is to me. Uh, Rojas for Luz is uh, or Luz probably uh, is clearly the speed of the speed. I think crosses over and causes trouble here in this spot for any of the some of the speed on the inside. The three has some speed, ended up running fifth in that race, but was behind the eight. So you're just going to have to work out a trip from that one post. And I'm just not sure you're going to be able to do it. And I'm not sure any horse in this field is talented enough to work out a trip from the one post, just because you're going to have probably have to pass six or seven horses to be able to win the race. And I, that's just not something I was interested in. Uh, my second pick was also a first time starter. Go all the way to the outside here for Michelle Elliott, owner, trainer, breeder, Rafaela here, 15 to or nine to two gets Martin Pedroza up. Uh, Martin Petros Jr. up 15% first time starters. Uh, she's a very good trainer. She knows what she's doing. I like that this is a homebred. Um, generally, that's what she is training. The two of them combined for 17% win percentage with a $2.33 ROI. And I mentioned the trip. I kind of like being on the outside here. I like the idea of being outside of all the speed, especially if you're going to show some pace here. I think the position draw is not bad at all for five furlongs. I'm expecting some speed, not anything crazy, but some, and then see if we can get by everybody down the lane. Also like that uh, 48 and two work four of 57, three back out of a gate. Yeah, I went too deep. I used the one and I used the 10. I thought the 10 was the best of the new shooters. And from following the two-year-old series at, at Indiana Grand this year, um, which is something I never thought I would do, but uh, the, the morning lines have been pretty on to which horses as first-time starters will probably do well. So the fact that they're giving this first-timer a 9-2 to rating when the only horse is shorter are the second and third place horses from Jay's Naughty Kit and Roses for Lutz. So I think that's a pretty big sign that this horse is expected to do well. Um, you can watch the tote too because this will be the race that kicks off the pick five. If she gets hammered, I think you'll know that the word is out on this one. Yeah, I would definitely keep an eye on the tote here on the four and the 10, as well as the seven and the nine. Uh, uh, Doc brought him up in the chat here. Haran trains both of those horses. 
I wasn't really able to separate him. I ended up using the nine cashmere justice on my ticket simply because he went to the jockey Perez that he has most of his mounts with. He's got 53 mounts with Perez, 36 with Anderson. However, he's got a better ROI with Anderson. So some big prices have gotten home for him. If you want to expand my ticket, I would add the seven. Uh, in this case, I'm just using the nine there, not the seven as well. But I am going to go four deep and I'm going to use the eight. Uh, Rosas for those. For those uh, look, this one just seems like I want the speed in this race. It, it, everything could be a train wreck here. And I realize this one really packed it in, really packed it in when you watch the replay. I mean, was clearly in the lead, had like a length lead going into the stretch and lost by eight. So I'm, I'm talking like just backed up like a champion. However, was bet down to a dollar thirty that day, dollar thirty to one. So it was took a ton of money. Now you're getting second out. We know this horse is going to be forwardly placed in a field that is leaves a lot to be desired, um, and where I, I just don't think these horses can overcome much. And I know the eight doesn't have to overcome anything here. So I felt like you kind of had to use the eight. So I ended up four deep here with the four, eight, nine, and ten. If uh, if any of them scratch, the seven would be the next on. If you want to expand my ticket, I would use the seven as well. Uh, I want to bring up uh, Chris Mills uh, asking the important questions in the chat. If they're all Indiana breads, does that mean that they're all cousins? Probably second cousins. Yeah, they have a little bit of, you know, it's not West Virginia here. There's a little bit of distance there <laughs> between the gaps there. Let's move on, Mike, before we get in trouble. Second leg of the Horseshoe Indy. Late pick five on Wednesday, June 28th, race six. Ten fillies and mares three and up routing one mile on the turf. Now there's a two lifetime in for 25k tags. There's also an, an MTO, but we're going to pretend that they're going to be fast and firm. For Wednesday, where'd you go on top? I couldn't find a ton of speed in here. So give me the two. Oath of Allegiance on top. First time trying turf for Joe Sharp, but this is a massive class drop here, right? We're talking like huge class drop uh, going from $40,000 claimers at Churchill down to $25,000 claimers uh, here at Horseshoe Indiana that are N2X. So a huge drop in class. This one has shown speed before. Uh, one going gate to wire, going a mile and 70 yards to break the maiden at fairgrounds. I think he just kind of, she just kind of found her friends in this spot. I, I think she gets the lead from that two post. I think Parker sends. And again, I'm not sure anyone really runs her down. The only threat from a speed perspective in my mind was the three blame it on Paris, uh, who ends up on the ticket as well, because I think one of these two are in front and uh, whichever one makes the lead, I'm scared of <laughs> Uh, so we each went four deep here, and we agree on three of them, including their top picks. Actually, I think probably all of them are going to be the top three picks here will be in order. But uh, yeah, I, I went the same with you. With the two takes to the turf, she's gone. I think she's going to wire this field. And you've got to love that she's on the inside, and you've got a good jockey in Deshaun Parker riding her that can handle you know, her being inside, carrying lower weight because she's three years old. So um, I like her in here. I like Blame It on Paris. Two best, two best career efforts uh, only turf tried to date when she was a three to two favorite at Alice, and then she broke her maiden at Turfway Park on the synthetics. So good signs there. Uh, both efforts were against 50k maiden claimers. Two of the three times she's been on the dirt, the race was really originally scheduled for the turf. It sounds like Brissett really believes this is a turf horse. Just trying to find the right spot for Blame It on Paris. So again, especially if this one stays on the turf, I think you're getting great value on these horses at eight and ten to one on the morning line. I was really interested to see if you use this horse. Because everything points to using it, right? With Brissett sending it in here, the, the $50,000 $50, level being successful with Maidens, half of it, 25, obviously. We talk about that as a, a, like a quick angle to see if they're placed correctly. But the daddy is blame. And I know how you feel about blame on turf. 
I got I got no issue with blame on turf. Nope, no more <laughs> issues. <laughs> um, I, I think the, one of these two gets the lead. I, I think whichever one does, I think is dangerous. Uh, blame it on yep. Paris coming out of a six furlong dirt sprint over the slop was forwardly placed there, going twenty three. Uh, has been close to the pace, going twenty two and four. So clearly some speed from both the two and the three. I had the two on top. My second pick was actually the ten horse here, tall girl who. I kind of feel like you have to use this horse. I don't love the post. I don't love the setup. But this is Mike Maker uh, bringing this one in, dropping down from $75,000 optional claimers at Gulfstream all the way down here to this $25,000 level. I, three to one, I think, is a pipe dream on this horse. I think this horse is <laughs> off at, what, four to five, somewhere in that range. Um, yeah. and, and logically makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, and I used. That's funny. So we we, went, we both went two ten three in order for this race. That's funny that... Uh, that's how that worked out. Uh, I completely agree with all the points you made. I also like that, um, you know, last time out was the first time Mike Maker had had this horse. And he had them at Goldstream post-championship meet and saw what he did against that allowance company. He was like, okay, this isn't your level. Let's try you down here. Like, he's a smart trainer. He spots his horses correctly. I know he's only 7% in the last year at Horseshoe Indy, but it's great. He doesn't really come here that often. Uh, but he's going to put Tall Girl here, and I think this is a good spot for her. Um, as well. The only other time that she ran for a tag, uh, uh, by the way, like in a full claiming race, she broke her maiden by a length and a half. And that was it for $75,000. So um, I used her as well. Uh, so the last one for me, and I, if I had gone five deep, I would have used yours. So I like yours as well. But for me, the last on number seven, Zing at eight to one. Horace's form hasn't been that great in a little while, but the trainer's 11 for 33 at the track and 24% overall nationwide in the last year. Only career turf try for this horse. Pressed the pace locally. It was nine to five versus Open Allowance Company. Faded to six. You know, once the horse kind of packed it in, the jockey stopped trying. So, well beaten six in that race. But I like the trainer angle. I like the price on this horse. I'm just hoping we can try and turn things around, and maybe being back on turf will wake this horse up a little bit. Yeah, it kind of surprising when you look at that run line too that the horse had the lead through the half mile, right? I mean, even yeah. the lead through the six furlongs, never in the course's career have you seen it anywhere near the lead really outside of that one race and has a 62 early time form rating. So when you see a horse that does something that drastically different than the strategy in every other race, kind of makes you draw a line through that one as well. So I'm going to say it was more the style, not the turf, that this horse didn't like. Uh, respect it, didn't use it. I use the eight horse ultimate mission here. Mm -hmm. This one to me is just look gonna need to take a big step forward <laughs> but i like the fact that we're actually jumping up in class here first time out as a four-year-old and this one is bred to run on the turf i mean this is a noble mission out of a mizzen mass mare uh you've got that the turf went two back at this track at this distance it wasn't fifty fifteen thousand dollar maiden claiming but it was coming from off the pace i've got a couple speed horses here i don't mind taking a shot with a horse coming from a little bit behind you're gonna get every bit of that 10 to 1 price uh and look Again, Ethan West, not a well-known trader, only 69 starts in 2023, 12%. But it's 13% with a $4.11 ROI after a 180-plus day layoff. So knows how to get a horse ready, knows how to get it going. And then you go back and you look at these two and workouts two and three back over the synthetic. 47 and four, two out of 45, and then a bullet, one out of 29, 47 and three. This horse seems like it is in its peak form. You get a first-time out four-year-old, and you get a trainer that, that is scoring with prices at this exact spot. So give me the eight here is the last horse on for me. Yeah, this like I had mentioned, this is the one that I'd considered and I ultimately went with the seven instead of the eight. If I have any scratches, I'm definitely throwing this horse on the ticket. The, the biggest concern for me was a combination of the long layoff plus the big jump up in tag, right? So we're going up to the 25K level. Feels like this is, she might just need a race, uh, but you're getting 10 to one on her, especially if that price holds, she'd be 
very interesting. I, I definitely respect the play here. Just um, didn't pull the trigger for me. But again, if I have any scratches, I'm definitely throwing this in. Just like for you, if you have any scratches, sounds like the seven is next up for you. Yeah, it is. I, the two horses I considered using and didn't, uh, the nine, Luminous, seven to two on the morning line, and yep. the five, Livy B, five to one on mm-hmm. the morning line. Did you look at either of those? I mean, because they kind of fit with the drop down here a little bit, but it, they, they neither seem to like to win that much. No, and, and I, I felt like they were both kind of the same horse. Like, I watched the last replay against each other, and I was like, the difference in order of finish was that one beat the other to the punch first. It was kind of like mage and angel of empire in the derby right like mage beat angel of empire to the holes first so he got yeah. the better he had the better trip i think that was the difference and i also felt based on that if i've got to use one i've got to use the other and now i'm using half the field and two of the i just added two very short prices that i don't feel super excited about yeah that, that to me was the other key here i wanted to have if i'm going to use the 10 who i think is going to get bet down and i'm spreading i don't want to be using the second and third favorite as well Let's move on, Mike. Third leg of the Horseshoe Indy late pick five on Wednesday, June 28th. Race seven is the first of two Indiana-bred handicap stakes going six furlongs on the dirt. This is the checkered flag for 12 Phillies and Mares, three and up, plus two also eligibles. Tell us why you love the horse you you do in this spot. I'm going to single here. Uh, It's not an easy race, but I'm going to single a six-to-one horse here, the 10-horse hot little thing, an Indiana-bred. And and this is why it's important to watch replays. I'm going to pull the replay up here real quick. And this horse got a 78 buyer, which tied the career high for this horse. It was first time in the Brian Lynch barn. Uh, And this is an allowance race here at Indiana Grand. It's the one horse. Now, the comment line reads, hop start, split rivals 316. Uh, They got the hop start correct. But man, when you look (laughs) at the rest of this, it's like, look how much this horse gets left. So way back of the pack. Now, immediately that's five lengths, which if you're talking about time, that's about, you know, 0.8 to one full second. So that improves the buyer right out of the gate there. Now watch the trouble this horse has through the race too. Rushes up here and goes behind the four and the two, has to check it back here. So loses the momentum in this spot. And now when we go around the turn, both the four and, or sorry, the six and the seven box this horse in from the outside. So he's just got a handful of horse here and he can't go. (laughs) And all of this is affecting the time, which is affecting the buyer. And I'll tell you why that's relevant in a second here. Now, watch what happens when the one finally gets room because we're still not loose. Once we get to the top of the stretch, we have to dive inside of the four and skim the rail. (laughs) And then this horse never gets touched. Not once. This is just one of those where it's like a freak performance, but you don't see it on paper. And watch how geared down this horse is now in the last 16th of a mile. I'm talking full-on canter. (laughs) That horse won so easily with such an atrocious trip that I would be willing to argue that if the trip was was clean, that's an 88 buyer, and this horse is 6-5 to in this field. I think that, that that race is wildly good when you actually watch it back, and it's not nearly as good when you look at it on paper. So I'm going to single the 10-horse hot little thing here. I also like the fact that we know the horse can stalk now, too, which I think is important with the 7 and 8. <laughs> uh, she's a winner of a, uh, Indiana Bread Stakes against two-year-olds last year, uh, dominated them by 14 and a half lengths going the same distance. And you got to like that Alex Ashard has kind of traveled around with her as well, went to Aqueduct for the stakes. Uh, to start the year this in the Chicada, and it didn't go well, but that's okay. You know, she's facing Indiana breads. That was open company aqueduct during the, you know, Kentucky Oaks Trail season. So not gonna fault you for that one. Yes, I use her here. I did not single. I ended up actually going five deep in here because I thought this was a pretty, 
Um, pretty contested spot uh, for, in this race. I went with number 12, Very Amelia at 9-2 on top. To me, there's a lot of speed signed on in here, and the 10 has shown that she can sit off a little bit, but the 7 and 8, you got to know they're going. The 10's mm -hmm. going to be part of the early pace. Um, she gets a cleaner trip than last time anyway. Um, I, I think this, the 12's going to sit a perfect stalking trip, pounce on what I think is inevitably going to be a collapse of at least a couple horses. She's third off the layoff, third start at age 5. She's finished in the money in 12 of her 15 career dirt sprint starts, and you got a trainer-jockey combo at 19%. And then next up for me, number two, Chandara, Chandana, sorry, at 8-1. to one. Uh, Second off the layoff after getting sucked into a speed duel last time out versus several of these horses, and she faded pretty badly there. But she ran second in this race last year. She's got multiple wins from off the pace if she can settle, and I think that's going to be the key here. But I like that I'm getting 8-1 to one on a horse that, again, was second in this race last year. Last time out, 5-2 to two off of the long layoff, and now she's 8-1 eight, eight to one in this spot when I'm expecting improvement. For me, I felt like those were a reason I had to take her in here. She was my second pick. If I was going to go too deep here, I considered going just 210. I decided to single the 10 so that I could spread, I'd go four deep in three of the four legs, or three of the five legs. Um, but if mm -hmm. I used another horse here, it would be the two. Because uh, to me, they, like you said, that was first off a layoff. And I don't think that that was necessarily the trip they wanted, especially with both the seven and the eight who were in that race burning it up up front. I don't think you wanted that the two on the pace that day. I think you're going to sit off it here, should get an inside trip, save ground around the turn, and get a, a fairly good trip. I think the 10's better, but I do respect the two as well. And I, that's one that I, I considered using on my ticket and ended up not pulling the trigger. Uh, the other two formula runs from quick. Doc brought up one of them, the 11 Karimba at 8-1, to one, never off the board in six career starts, uh, including winning her dirt debut last time out by a gear down four and a half lengths. Uh, pretty impressive, especially when you consider we hadn't seen her since August of 2021, the 624 days that she was missing. Um, she has that huge effort. I like that the trainer brings her back uh, two months later, gives her some time because that was a big effort. And, yes, yeah, she was very much geared down in that spot, but you just want to take your time with her. Um, second start off the layoff, you know, second start at age five, a lightly raced filly. I don't think there's any reason she shouldn't improve here. It's going to be a tougher field than she faced there, but it was very impressive what she did off the long layoff. And then I also used the number eight poetic verse at four to one. Uh, horse is third off the layoff, third start at age four. First or second in seven of eight career dirt sprints. The only time she was off the board is when she had that big gap in between starts. And so maybe it was just the long year got caught up to her. Maybe something went wrong, but I'm willing to forgive that one. Last time out, she got hung four wide. Not her fault. Couldn't reel in the winner, didn't have the punch there, but she did win off of that layoff here by almost four lengths, and that was 176 days away. So uh, 12, 2, 11, 8, and 10 for me in this race. Yeah, I, I considered using the 7 and the 8 as, as the two speeds as the other two. Um, it's tough because they're just it's kind of like I feel like you use one, you use the other because the horse that's been inside has won both times, which everyone had the inside vote. <laughs> and it's just talks. We've talked about inside speed all the time on this show. The inside speed won both times that they faced each other. And now they're facing off a third time and the seven's inside. So it's hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to use the eight, but not use the seven after we've had that result twice. One more thing about hot little, hot little thing. Uh, we talked about this as an Indiana bread stakes. We talked about mm -hmm. the prices of Indiana horses. We talked about army mule last year about being one of the best sires going right now, anywhere, any distance, any surface. This is a army mule stands for 12, five. This is a $125,000 Indiana bread with our, by army mule. I, that there was talent the whole time with this horse. And I, I think it's going to come out on uh, on Wednesday. We'll find out. Especially uh, Mike is going to be hoping because he singled her in this spot. And uh, I have a feeling maybe just maybe on dudes who but 
daily, we might be talking about this race a little bit more. We'll tune in. Tune in on Wednesday, June 28th uh, to do to bet daily to find out if it's this or the next race that we end Real up talking about. For you. Yes. What, do you, what, what price do you think I get on Hot Little Thing? Um, five to one. Aquanedge guess, is guessing seven to five. Because they have their I own mean, morning, their own morning line, and I, I was surprised by that number because I was thinking four to one somewhere in that range. I mean, I'm not laughing at their prediction model. I'm just laughing that uh, off a six to one morning line. I mean, it could happen. It just, wow, there goes yeah. all the value you think you're getting a six to one, right? It will, it will be interesting, right? Yeah, uh, because I, I, I'm hoping we're talking like somewhere between four and five to one. Um, <laughs> I, I think the horse should be closer to two to one as a fair price, but we'll see what actually happens on race day. Sounds like Scotty agrees with you. Penultimate leg of the horseshoe Indy. Late pick five on Wednesday, June 28th. Race eight. The second of two Indiana bred sired handicap stakes. Going six furlongs on the dirt. This is the Brickyard for 12 males. Four and up. Plus two. Also eligibles. Where are you going on top? The Brickyard. I see what they did there. Little uh, Indy 500 tip of the cap, right? Uh, give yep. me the four. Latigo on top here. Uh, pretty easy handicap. We got five to one. Uh, Randy Klopp in here. Orlando Mojica going to get the ride. If you simply take out every race that's two turns, this horse is real good. <laughs> win by two, win by seven, win by one, uh, then comes back, win by four, ran second, missed by a length and a half, first time out as a four-year-old, second off the layoff, blitzes a career-high buyer and wins by a length and a half. Uh, this is a very good horse going one turn, and the form's a little bit muddy. We're also now facing state-bred competition. The last two races were open competition. And, oh, by the way, it's the son of my boy, Jimmy Creed. So I love that as well. I think Latigo <laughs> is the top pick here, 5-1 to one on the four horse. Well, you don't even have to completely scratch off all the two-turn races here because the, the horse did actually beat Indiana Breds uh, going a two-turn mile last year in the $250,000 governor's stake. So, um, I think the horse is showing the talent there. Yeah, I use the four here. I went three deep. Next up for me, number 11. Nobody listens at seven to two. Defending race champion, first of all. Speed of the speed could win gate to wire in 12 career dirt sprint starts for this horse. Seven wins, four seconds, and a third. That third came at Oaklawn in January, which is like facing better horses than uh, almost any horse in here has faced, aside from another one that I'm using. But uh, definitely wanted to use the 11 here because I think he's got a real strong chance to go gate to wire. Yeah, the 11 is the one that I'm scared of. I, I'm going to use Fortin Hill, the seven horse, surely on a class play here. I, I think that Fortin Hill is just a, a nice little spot. We've been running against much better. Last time faced Cody's Wish. The time before that was a winner in $100,000 optional allowance at Keeneland. The time before that lost to Nakatomi and endorsed at Keeneland. Uh, the time before that was the last time we were here against Indiana State Breads and won pretty easily by three and a quarter length. So I'm going to go with the horse who I think has been phenomenal around one turn in Latigo. And the class of the field, the seven Fortin Hill. I'm hoping one of them catches nobody. Nobody listens because nobody listens. Listens is going to be blitzing out there, and we'll have the lead early. <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody listens. Uh, I mentioned he's faced better horses than almost everyone except the other one I'm using, and this is it, Fortin Hill. Yeah, a huge class drop. By the way, uh, why is this? I mean, they even just forgive the Grade One Churchill Downs race. Um, like that Keeneland race should make this horse better than six to one. I think this is one where the odds are way off. It's a big reason I only went uh, three deep in here, but. Um, boy, six to one on this horse is interesting. And yes, as uh, as Chris Mallow asked, Fortin Hill is an Indiana bred. He's a seven-year-old Indiana bred. 
Yeah, projected price on this horse on Equinedge seven to five. So they're uh, they're I'm sorry nine to five. So they're expecting a drop here in the odds, and I kind of agree with that. I think this horse ends up going off the favorite, and you got to kind of give a tip of the cap to the placement of this horse too. I mean, this is a five hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar Indiana bred who has run through allowance competition, right? I, I mean, he's he has to run an open allowances now if you want to find that, and here you're finding a hundred thousand dollar state bred stakes race. I, I just a great job in placing the horse here by Paul Lobo. <laughs> well, by the way. He's seven years old. Like I was thinking, it's like, man, it feels like this horse has been running for forever and he's only made 13 career starts. But I feel like we talk about him way too often. <laughs> no offense to him, but way too often. Well, Lobo has him on so many undercards at Saratoga, at Belmont, Keeneland. Uh, he twice. probably scratches from a lot of them too, doesn't he? Maybe that's I why would, his name keeps popping up. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a couple in here. And, and obviously he was originally trained by Chad Brown as well. And this was way back in 2020. But hell, we were doing the show back then. Uh, and he won and then went and faced win-win-win in the grade one forego as well. I'm, I'd be surprised if we didn't talk about those two races as well. So at Chad Brown to Bill Mott to Paul Lobo, <laughs> I, this, is, this is one we've discussed many, many times. <laughs> it just never goes away. All right, let's move on. Like the penultimate. Wait, we just talked about the penultimate leg. We'll move on fifth and final leg. Boy, I forgot what race we were talking about already. Getting talking about Fortin Hill. Fifth and final leg, Horseshoe Indy, late pick five, Wednesday, June 28th, race nine, back on the turf for 12 Indiana bred Phillies and Mares, three and up, routing a mile. You had your single earlier. I've got my single in this race, but where did you go on top? I'm going to let you take it away because your, your single is my top pick. All right, that's the number eight, Tourist Star at three to one. Horse's second start off the 11 month layoff, second start at age four, second start with Michelle Lovell and this trainer last time out, set a pretty hot pressured pace. Thought felt uh, the horse did a great job to fight on for third and gamely hold on to it. You look at this field, there's no early pace pressure that should really come up and gang up on her. So uh, I think she easily can wire this field as long as she gets out of the gates well. And I like that Ishard's going to be riding her. So yeah, I'm going to single her a uh, little dodgy but uh i feel pretty confident in it yeah to me the clear clear topic here because it's going to be the pace and this is a place where you do want to be forwardly placed i do have one other must use and doc this time you're stealing my thunder uh three golden heist the other must use here <laughs> this is an interesting horse because i don't generally like horses who are 0 for 13 but if you just go to the grass races it looks a lot better than when you include the dirt races because we've only been on turf five times we've only been on turf three times with this trainer those are clearly the three best races of this horse with the trainer and was three to one last time against a lot of these other horses and in that race a horse named single her went gate to wire very 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 easily and this one was in the 10 post broke out was slow was five wide around the first turn never had a prayer in that race now we're going from being the outside post the last two times on turf nine of ten and eight of nine to the three post here so huge post position switch there for the three horse in this tur in the three turf starts i think that you're going to see a lot more speed from golden heist kind of like you did two back when this horse just missed at this level by a half length on this turf course going this distance and now you're getting 12 to 1 on the horse so i, I think golden heist is awfully live here i'm uh I don't. I don't hate the pick. I, I, you know, she's bordering, getting closer to career maiden status. But this, these are also Indiana Brits, so I guess we, you know, beggars can't be choosers here. Um, it feels like she's getting close to getting that win, though. I, I don't know if it's in this spot. I think the pace doesn't really set up as well for her. But um, you got to respect that effort that she had two back. I just twelve to one seems like a big overreaction when she was five to one two back and then bet down to three to one off of that. So I don't. Do you think you'll get twelve to one on her? 
I'm not sure. There's a garbage truck in the, the alley right now, so I'm muting every night, every time I'm not talking. Um, <laughs> I, I has eight to one as a, as a target price. I, I think it's probably closer to six to one. I think this horse takes money. It was bet three to one last time. I think it's probably going to take some money again this time. So I, I'm guessing we're going to be about half what we are on the morning line. Um, but I, I'm going to go four deep here because I liked a couple other horses that were in that race last time. Uh, so I'm going to go with little gray feather here the nine I'm sorry, yeah little gray flower here the nine horse that race again like just completely ignore the winner look at everything right behind it because that's really what the key was but the emerson's dream who is the 11 horse in this spot and your second favorite seven to two on the morning line got a dream trip so was sitting on the rail both turns was able to be the only one really chasing the leader into the lane where everyone else was trying to jockey for position and figure it out toward the back of the pack i don't see emerson's dream being able to get anywhere near that trip again and i really like the middle move we saw from birds of a feather who's the other horse i'm going to be using out of that race so i'm going to use the seven and nine here as well but i think both have a right to improve especially the seven only a third career start both of them being on the turf uh, i think they both have a right to improve here you're getting six to one and nine to two on them and I would much rather be using either of them than Emerson's Dream, who beat them both last time. Uh, horses I considered, yeah. If I, I didn't love the pace setup for the eight so much, I thought these were interesting horses, including I had the same feeling as you did on Emerson's Dream and wanting to fade that horse, especially at such a short price there. Uh, seven Birds of a Feather feels like she's got more talent than we've seen from her. I, 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 that's kind of what I like about her as well, and I can't really explain it. I just watch her replays and you're like, there's something more there. There's right, there's got and I thought she showed a little bit of improvement from the first to the second start. So yeah, good good interest there. I just I just think the pace setup favors the eight so much here. It's hard for me to see anyone really being able to reel her in. Yeah, I agree with you on the pace setup. The problem is the pace setup set up this horse last time really well too. <laughs> and was breaking from the rail and was a dollar thirty to one and still <laughs> it wasn't even close to winning, right? So I, I think it's a horse you kind of have to use because of the pace perspective, but not one I'm sitting here willing to single like you are, because I do think there are a couple <laughs> horses in here that have a shot at running her down. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to cover Wednesday's Late Pick 5 at Horseshoe Indianapolis, Wednesday, June 28th. Uh, if you are listening, we'll give out our tickets one last time. If you're watching, take a look down below. For 50 cents, I'll go first. I'm going to go 110 with 23710 with 2810112, 4711, and then single the 8. That's $60 for me, Mr. Sandwich. I'm going to spend just a little bit more money, play a 50 cent ticket, go 4, 5, 9, 10 with 2, 3, 8, 10 with 10 with 4, 7 with 3, 7, 8, 9. That'll cost you 64 bucks for 50 cents. Easy big spender. I'm out here spending 60 and I can't afford these $64 tickets. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really breaking the bank compared to you here. How, how loud is the garbage truck right now? Oh, okay. Now I can hear it. Yeah. When you're, yeah. when you're, when you're speaking, the microphone's picking you up and not that. But when it, the second you stop speaking, all of a sudden, that was the first time I've heard it all show. Yeah, that's why we're jumping in and out on the mute. <laughs> hey, hey, the important thing is you remember to unmute yourself each time you do it. You haven't, at least that I've noticed, you haven't messed that up yet. Uh, over at RacingDudes.com, uh, you can check it out. Of course, you are watching or listening to the Magic Mike show. But Aaron's latest rankings, uh, unfortunate news about two fills. Uh, moves way up the rankings after just a super impressive Ohio Derby uh, effort. Again, makes me think, God, he almost won the Kentucky Derby. That was so cool. And I don't know, Mike, that might be the last time we ever see him. He has a, a pretty unfortunate ankle injury, going to require surgery. So he'll be okay from that. But it's Ravelli didn't sound overly optimistic about this horse returning to the racetrack. 
Yeah, this is a real bummer. Um, that Ohio Derby was it was a performance. I mean, it, like if what we saw last time out of the second place finisher, and then what two fills did there. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. looked like they were the two horses in the lead were standing still when he went right around them. So Bishop's Bay, I thought, ran a pretty good race. I thought Bishop's Bay had a huge chance when they were like midway through the backstretch because of the pace and the setup and where two fills was versus where Bishop's Bay was. And oh my God, two fills just crushed that horse. And it's like <laughs> how you go back to Bishop's Bay last race, Archangelo just by a nose over Bishop's Bay. So it's not like this isn't a horse that has not raced against good company at that distance. Like, so that was a hell of a performance from two fills. And it sucks. We're not going to see him at Saratoga because he was one of the ones that was pointing for the Travers. It's the first one we've lost from what could be a phenomenal field in late August there up in New York. But uh, hopefully two fills is okay. And uh, hopefully we get to see him again. I would be very surprised, though, if he runs again. I, I think it's off to stud here. What's unfortunate for the horse's legacy is that he never won more than a grade three, right? Street Sense was a grade three, Ohio Derby grade three, Jeff Ruby grade three. And the way, like the talent that he has, you're like, well, that's a grade one horse. And it's like, well, he's going to retire without that to his legacy. So uh, we'll see. Gorgeous horse, though. I like looking at the pictures of him on the screen there. It's too bad, too, that Jareth Loveberry um, broke his arm or something happened. He got to, He fell off of a horse earlier in the week and he had to miss the ride. So he couldn't even be there for that performance, let alone the last one for, uh, for the horse itself. Yeah. It's a bummer that Ludbury out off the injury wasn't able to ride him. I'm going to be interested to see how good of a sire two fills is. Um, and Chris Morello talking about it in the past year, uh, just saying he's the only one horse in this class with pace that finishes. Yeah. If he's able to transition his skill set over to his progeny, they could all be very, very good horses if you team them up with good mares because you have early speed, you have distance, you have closing kick. Like he, he's when you go back and you look at his overall set of races, it's really impressive how many times he was close to the hot pace and everyone else faded, but he was still around toward the end. Obviously, the Kentucky Derby was a race down at fairgrounds where he did the same. And when he didn't face that, he just blew by pretty much everyone <laughs> except instant coffee in that first race of fairgrounds. So I, it's a bummer. We're not going to see any more two fills. Over at RacingDudes.com, in case you didn't know, we now have a Best Bets feature where uh, everyone on the Racing Dudes team and a couple of our friends were selling uh, our best opinions from the sports and horse racing worlds. Uh, what this does is it updates daily with our picks and it, it shows you the profit, wins, losses this week overall. And uh, you'll be able to click on someone. You can uh, will show me. You can go back and see how I have done recently with my picks. And yeah, I got a thanks for being reminded about that. Rangers, uh, first five under. Ah, that, that was such a screw game. But anyways, hey, you can see here it updates so that we're kept honest with what our bets are. So you can check that out. But yeah, racingnews.com, best bets. That's kind of the uh, amalgamation in, in a more centralized version of uh, what we do each Wednesday through Sunday, which is at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Dudes who bet daily, Mike Samich, the host, as long as he is available, of course. Yeah, it's, uh, I, today is a fun baseball day. I don't know if you looked at the schedule or not. We've only got six games. I have six bets. <laughs> so I have wow. something in every single game except one of them. I took the over in the Reds and the Orioles, and I also took the Reds. So I doubled up in that one. Uh, but I think I think it's going to be a fun, fun day. Like the White Sox is a dog today. Uh, I think the unders in the first five, the Brewers, Mets, and Twins, Braves are good looks as well. 
Picture you join us every Wednesday through Sunday. It's a lot of fun. We talk about horse racing. Definitely been getting super into the baseball and doing very well. As Aaron says, yeah, go Reds, go Brewers, go Nationals. It'd be, uh, it's, it's crazy. We've, our text chain between the three of us has just turned into all baseball every day. And, and never in jest. It might have started that way a little bit. It's, it's a legitimate, like it's a baseball text thread now. Yeah, I, I bit the bullet. I subscribe to the $24 a month Amazon Prime package as well. So I, I'm now watching oh. baseball as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've been hooked. It's been it's been just a, such a phenomenal run over the last four weeks betting baseball that I'm like, I can spend $25 a month to be able to watch what I'm now betting on. Hey, you're just giving back to the kids. That's what you're doing, right? <laughs> totally. I'm just giving back to the kids over here. You can get more of Mike's uh, interesting takes on what he does with his money and, of course, his MLB and sports picks and Twitter at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight. I am at Curtis Kellowart. If I don't stutter over that, at Curtis Kellowart. Uh, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes uh, over racingnews.com. I mentioned the Aaron's new rankings are up, and you can see where two fills landed. Uh, probably, unfortunately, the last race we're going to see out of him, but a hell of a race to get out of him. And also, Aaron in the latest Rockets Hits and Heartbreaks video explaining what he did well and where he could do better from Belmont Park last weekend. So that's a great one to check out as well. And uh, like I said, we'll be back every Wednesday through Sunday for Dudes Who Bet Daily and Magic Mike Show on Thursday. Mike, I don't know where we're going to go. I feel like we have to go to Ellis Park because that's where everything is kind of happening this weekend. I know you're not going to love that, but I veto. I'm not. I'm not going to Arlington Park at Churchill Downs at Ellis Park. <laughs> what about? Oh no, I can't. I got my hat in the mail, by the way. Yeah, Breeders' Cup. What does it say? Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that one. Um, <laughs> There's got to be somewhere else. Couldn't we just do Belmont? Like, just do a track that that. Okay, so the Belmont's possible. We've got the Nehru, which is for three-year-olds mm-hmm. or for the, the sprinters, and then the Dwyer. The Nehru's not a Breeders' Cup winning year in this year. I mean, we probably should do Ellis. I think more people would listen to Ellis than anything else. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't like Ellis because you've got the Foster. You got the Breeders' Cup winning year in the Foster. Yeah, no, but, we are not doing low sal. Get the, uh, the yeah. get the forever veto low sal. But the problem with the Foster <laughs> just... is, it's, is it's like a grade three race. It's a grade one, and it's no. a Breeders' Cup winning. You're in for the classic. Yeah, have you seen the horses though? Well, I, I listen. I can't help that. I mean, it's it's a brutal <laughs> the, field. The, the Preakness was a grade one. The, that field That's wasn't fair. the best. That's fair. <laughs> uh, what about the Woodbine call? Uh, are we really debating Woodbine versus Ellis? <laughs> it's a grade three, grade two on the turf, grade three, grade two on the turf, grade three. Come on, baby. Let's do it. Woodbine. Hang on. When is, when is 20 cent when tickets? Is King's, King's Plate. That would, is this King's Plate prep weekend? No. It, I mean, it might be. It's high, the Highlander. Come on, man. It's a nice six furlong turf sprint. Oh. No, the plate trials in a in a few. Wait, the no, Marine? that's next month. Shit, yeah, that, this is, is so. A... This is the prep for the plate trial. Yeah, the Marines a sire making race. Shut <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're doing Woodbine. Uh... I'm, executive decision. We're going Woodbine. All right, bigger, field, <laughs> better pay. Canadian off. Parks. That's Fort Erie, my friend. Canadian yeah. Parks is Fort Erie. <laughs> What's the Asinawa? Wa wa wa. Track, uh, park, <laughs> Asinaboya. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. 
I cannot, I, I can't not hear it. Th- Someone in the press box was drunk one time at Santa Anita. Wasn't Aaron this time. And uh, they were talking about, bet- like, the races were all done. And so, the, the, as, as Nabois, I think it's called. I'm not, it was on TV, and uh, they were talking. Someone comes in drunk, goes, "Oh, it's the old Asinaboya Downs," and I was just like, "Well, I can't ever, ever unhear that again." So, uh, yeah. someone needs to buy a blame horse and name it Blame Canada. That would be phenomenal. Ontario bred blame horse that and wins I, I've the never Queen's Plate. About it, but that would be incredible. It would oh be, God, it just would get be a just Ontario bred too. You're running it. At oh <laughs> God, that would be incredible. And of course, you know it can handle the mile and a quarter. It just couldn't win. You would never win the triple the triple crown with it because one leg of it's turf and it's a blame yeah. horse. Says the guy who picked the and blame that's horse called a today. callback, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron says it's not bad having Ontario bread if you're running it in Iowa, where you're totally eligible for those Ontario bread purses. Yeah, Husker going to be all up right. There. Is Husker running next weekend in at Woodbine? Yeah, Aaron's I guess yeah. he's running at Prairie because that's what Aaron wants us to do next week. Anyways, yes, we're going to do Woodbine this week. So roundabout way to say come back on Thursday, July. Wait, no. July 1st is the Saturday. Come back on Thursday the 29th. I can't even look at a calendar, right? Thursday, June 29th. We'll be covering Woodbine, late pick five here on the Magic Mike Show. Please join us if you haven't already unsubscribed and left everything that we do. Uh, make sure you come back on Wednesday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific for Dudes Who Bet Daily. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck with your bets this week. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.